Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Ah! I'm falling! Why are down you falling? Down a pit! I'm falling down a pit. Yeah? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, why aren't you? <laughs> I'm still doing the podcast, though. I'm that committed. Okay, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of uh, Mandalorian Episode 8 and Togo. Yeah. That one movie podcast. But first, before we do those things, we've got to get it into the toms, Jimmy. Yeah, you know, Holden, I try to do a bit. Instead of feeding off me, you just go, what are you doing? <laughs> I was so the confused. There's no buildup for it. You didn't even mention it before the podcast. What am I supposed to do? Improvise? Yeah. Listen, I don't improvise in jazz band for a reason, and that's because I can't improvise, Jimmy. If you go off script, we have this whole show written out, and if Jimmy goes off script, I lock up. I just don't know, and Jimmy has to, like, cut out 30 minutes of me just stammering not sure what to do in fact he just did that when he did that pit bit (laughs) i was sitting there like uh uh um (laughs) it was light out now it's dark out that's all i gotta say for sure let's get into the news huh (laughs) all right let's get into tom's The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, Toms. Jimmy, are you ready for Toms? Yep, I am. Now cool. that I'm done falling. <laughs> Landed on was, my feet. Yeah, did it Did it hurt when you fell? No, it was only a little fall, but it was in slow motion. So I felt oh, okay. like two feet. I was going to say, like, like, if it was just a, a small fall, a how, did, how were you talking? Okay, it doesn't matter. Uh, Toms is a rapid fire game where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw being highest, Bombadil the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Hey, Jimmy, let's get to it, huh? Yep, I'm still ready. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Let's Um, do it before I fall again, huh? So uh, I'm just going to be I'm going to be transparent with everyone. I was kind of scraping the barrel for some news this week. There wasn't a whole lot. There were a few uh, notable things, but some of this is kind of men news. Um, But so I've got some what menus as in the things you use to order food. Oh, menus. Restaurants. Okay. (laughs) Um, So first up, we've got some news related to the hit movie Cats. Yes. First of all, I have a tweet that, uh, or, I, or there was like a post I saw that I, I just now remember that I don't know if you saw, and it was this, it was this person who said, "Man, the new sky, the new uh, Star Wars movie was really weird. First of all, it was a musical. Second of all, it had nothing to do with the other Star Wars movies. Third of all, everyone was a cat." <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. I think maybe it was a Reddit post or something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so in regards to cats, cats looks like it's set to lose seventy-one million dollars, Jimmy. 
That's a lot of money. <laughs> I don't even have $71 million. Yeah, I don't even know like what that looks like. That's so much money. And she's like this. Okay, aside from marketing costs, this movie has like a budget of $100 million. So this potentially could be like just half of its total budget. <laughs> it just doesn't make back. So that's a big uh-oh. And then Universal also removed cats from its Oscar considerations page on its website. Because it originally had cats up for like best original song or, and stuff like that, but now it's just not there anymore because Universal finally is acknowledging that the movie's not good. Isn't there just like one original song in the whole movie? I think that so. Wasn't it's it's probably before. that one that was nominated <laughs> or <laughs> up for nomination, that is. Um, but anyway, Jimmy, how do you feel about Cat's failure? Um, I'm not an anti cat person, I'm a I, I like dogs more. Same, but I uh, do enjoy mm-hmm. the presence of cats. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie never looked any good. I'm yeah. surprised how bad it is. Yeah. I figured um, it was going to be like mediocre. Yeah. But not like just terrible. <laughs> not like the worst movie of the year like some people think it is. Um, did it top Jexy? <laughs> oh, God. I forgot that movie came out. <laughs> I think Jexy. we need to do it. We should do a double feature, oh. Cats and Jexy, and then we have to vehemently argue which one's better <laughs> or worse. By I the end of it, we're a- just going to be so tired. And for those of you who don't know, Jexy's that like Adam Devine movie that came out that was about With like Siri. Siri, yeah. But not Siri. It was called Jexy. Yeah, this is a big, big fat bombadil for me. A big... I'm gonna give it a broca because I find it hilarious. This whole cats, th- this whole cats debacle is like the funniest thing ever, and I can't wait to review this, Jimmy, <laughs> when we finally uh, get to it. Let's just say there's a better dog movie out there. Oh you know yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a little tease for you. Um. Okay, so now we're uh, in in relation to some other movies that are also out currently. We have some Star Wars news. Uh, and Ian McDermott recently came out and said that the Emperor was, in fact, dead after Episode 6. Because he said in this quote, he said, I thought he was dead because when we did Return of the Jedi and I was thrown down that chute to galactic hell, <laughs> I said, oh, does he come back? And George said, no, he's dead. So I just accepted that. But then, of course, I didn't know I was going to be doing the prequel. So in a sense, he wasn't dead because he went back. To, I went back to revisit him when he was a young man. But I was totally surprised by this. First of all, what I've got to say is Ian McDermott, he was not a young man. <laughs> he was still <laughs> old in the prequels. <laughs> you were never uh, Ian McDermott was arguably never a young man. True. <laughs> <laughs> we have no proof otherwise. So, um. But, I mean, this is pretty obvious, but it's just kind of like even the actors, it seems, were confused by, like, this seeming just throwing in the Emperor in Episode Nine. That's what I I don't know. Um, clearly, it was planned from the beginning. Yeah. When George, George Lucas, Lucas was just throwing a curveball to Ian McDermott <laughs> about his character. <laughs> Keeping him on his toes. Yeah. Um. So... I don't know. I'm going to give this a Bombadil. <laughs> I don't know. It's a Bertrand, whatever. Ian McDermott's good as the Emperor. He is good as the Emperor. Don't see episode nine. 
Um, anyway, so more Star Wars news, though, and this is actually related to something we'll be talking about later, but I wanted to get just talk briefly about it now. Uh, Mandalorian Season 2 is confirmed to be coming fall of 2020, um, and it may, it may include several established characters from the Skywalker saga, is what the report I saw said. So, what do you think of that, Jimmy? Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Boba One Fett and Fets. Darth Maul's back again. I think Darth yeah. Maul should have been the villain in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, right. He's just a They've robot. They've been building it up since Solo. <laughs> <laughs> he was in The Phantom Menace, full circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it gets chopped in half again, but like down the, like up vertically, not horizontally. I think that's what should have happened. Well, he's definitely not coming back from a vertical chop in half, Jimmy. That's all I'm saying. Um, None of us would. No. <laughs> Except maybe Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> um, but I, I'm i excited that we don't have to wait longer than a year for more episodes of The Mandalorian. Um, I don't really know how I feel about them taking established characters because that's one of the things I've liked about the season of The Mandalorian is that everything, for the most part, is pretty original while just kind of taking things we've seen a little bit in the in the uh, um, Star Wars universe before. So I don't know. What do you think? Um, yeah, I'd rather have it just stay clear unless it's a very natural inclusion. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it doesn't make sense if people aren't involved, if the scale gets bigger. Um, I don't know necessarily who that would be. You know what I'm saying? Without Maybe like, like just some of the bounty hunters, I guess. I think that would make sense. Yeah. But, um, bring in a, bring in a Bosk and IG-88 and that other one. I don't know. I mean, I know that J- John Favreau like tweeted out an image of a Gamorrean, like the Gamorrean guards at Jabba's palace. Oh, okay. The big pig thing looking i don't know what the established like, characters of the gamorian guards <laughs> you could have that <laughs> that little guy oh yeah that, that little guy yeah. bring him back except he probably blew up didn't he <laughs> i don't know bring don't back remember. the sarlacc pit <laughs> <laughs> yeah the sarlacc pit is my favorite character he needs to be back um that's uh i don't know i get bertrand just because i mean i'll I, I don't mind if it feels natural, but if it just feels like fan service, then no. Sure. That's that's where I'm at, too. Uh, I'll give it a Bertrand. Bertrand. Um, so I'm going to interrupt yeah. you, Holden, because I just wanted to... Okay. We brought up Darth Maul, and I I haven't brought this up on the podcast, but I was re-watching like, the Phantom Menace duel you know, in the anticipation for the Rise of Skywalker, just watching some lightsaber duels. Sure. And like when Obi-Wan's, you probably don't remember this since you hate the prequels, you hate I sure do. Obi-Wan's hanging there and Darth Maul's like <laughs> chopping at him. And sure. Obi-Wan's like, oh no, I'm just hanging here. What do I do? He like looks over and then it cuts to Qui-Gon's lightsaber. And he like, but he can't see that. <laughs> he like <laughs> looks over and the, you're just going to see a ledge. <laughs> But it, it implies like he can see Qui Gon's lightsaber from a completely different perspective of like a of a person listen, just standing next to Darth Maul, and I'm like that doesn't make any sense. Listen, Tommy, since I know you're listening to this, uh, the prequels are bad, and that's just another example of why the prequels are bad. Uh, Jimmy confirmed it, uh, so yeah, 
There you go. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's a single purple lightsaber in the original trilogy. So obviously the original trilogy is the worst. Yeah, all right. But there's also not a yellow lightsaber in the prequel trilogy. So the sequel trilogy is the best one. <laughs> How do you feel about that? <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to point that out really quickly. Nice, nice. Um, so we moving on from Star Wars, we're going to the other side of Star Trek. Um, the Tarantino movie that we had talked about previously as probably not happening will still probably not happen. But Simon Pegg says it's possible it still might happen. Because he said recently in an interview, as far as I know, Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek idea is still kind of in the mix. That's down to him, though, as far as what he wants to do next. So, yeah, take that for what you will. My biggest question is, when did Star Trek get bought by DC? Wait, what? Because <laughs> we don't know if this movie's going to be made or not. Oh, yeah, you're oh. right. Got him good. That's funny, Holden. Flash. That's a refined... <laughs> Humor. I went off script. Holden, Holden just stammered for another 30 minutes. I had to edit it out again. It was really, really awkward. My family has been without heat for a while. I turned off the heat for recording, and Jesus Christ, it is cold now. <laughs> is it actually? No, it's not. Oh. I was I was going off of your riff there, Jimmy, and you weren't going with it. So, Jesus. Getting wow. mad at me. All right. Um... <laughs> But anyway, what do you think about this news of Tarantino, huh? We still don't know if it's being made, so... <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of hard to put anything besides a Berger on. Uh, I mean, I kind of like that it it's still being talked about, I guess, according to Simon Pegg. But um, he's also very notoriously in the past just kind of talks out of his ass. Uh, that's not my words. <laughs> like that's the Ace article Ventura. that I read. That's what it said. <laughs> what? Well, like Ace Ventura. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talking out of his ass. That's a refined humor joke for you. Good job, Jimmy. Um, So some more negative news right now. Uh, Frozen 2 has officially surpassed the first one. <laughs> what? Yeah. In, ter- in terms of uh, earnings, it's earned $1.16 billion worldwide. It's been it's the third highest grossing movie of the year. And Idina Menzel, who plays Elsa, also thinks it's better than the first movie. I'm going to pull, this is why I like The Last Jedi, because then I can say, I can reference Luke Skywalker and say, everything you just said was all wrong, or whatever he says. <laughs> Every word you just See, said the, was wrong. <laughs> the thing is, is it's not wrong, but I wish it was. <laughs> How? I don't know. People love this movie, and I don't get it. I mean, I don't, everyone I didn't is listening know, to this. I didn't know what people went to see it. I know yeah, a lot of people it, who didn't see it. People are going in droves to this movie. I mean, I think part of it is we're not the the demographic anymore, and that so maybe that's just why we don't hear about people going to it. But yeah, we're like, only in, we're a demographic that likes good movies. Yeah, right. And good music. <laughs> um, but it it's just astounding to me that people love this movie. I I mean, it's no secret if you listen if you've listened to this podcast in the past that we despise this movie pretty much. But I mean, I. I've, I've been like telling people that most of the time I can respect other people's opinions on movies, but I can't, like, I cannot fathom why people like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Oh my gosh. Let's get let's get the big fat bombadil from me. I just don't understand. The first one was so big and it was like yeah. one of the higher grossing movies of all time that I'm well, just so surprised. You heard about it all the time and Let It Go was everywhere. Like none of the songs are like playing on the radios from Frozen 2, so like what I don't know. I don't know how this one got so big. I think you're just looking up alternative facts, Holden. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's wrong. Write in and let us know if that's just wrong, and I made that up. Maybe I did. Maybe I'm throwing Jimmy a curveball. All of these, all of this news is fake. Um, what do you give that, Jimmy? Is that a bombadil from YouTube? That's a that's a bombadil because Disney just made another bajillion dollars. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> um. So this is one of the things I'm more excited about. Deadpool 3 was confirmed to be in the works this week, officially. Ryan Reynolds uh, said he and his writing team are working at Disney on Deadpool 3. It's still likely going to be R-rated based on what we've heard in the past. Uh, Ryan Reynolds didn't uh, confirm nor deny that. But uh, uh, previously, apparently this summer, I didn't remember this report, but Deadpool had been uh, in talks to be doing... Uh, R-rated solo movies, but appear in PG-13 crossover movies. So, what do you think about Deadpool 3 at Disney, Jimmy? Uh, well, there's another billion dollars for them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Not only are they going to control the, the, I mean, the PG-13 superhero market, they're going to control the R-rated superhero market, previously owned by Fox, but now, obviously, Fox is owned by Disney. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for Deadpool 3 because I quite liked, especially Deadpool 2. Deadpool 1's worn on me a little bit, but I liked it when it first came out. Um, but I'm, I, I'd be excited to see what that holds and, and what Ryan Reynolds will do and what MCU nice little references can be thrown in. Yeah, I agree. I like Deadpool 2 more than Deadpool 1. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the original one's a little overrated. I thought it mm-hmm. was at the time, but I think that the second one has like a couple scenes that are just timeless classics. Very good. <laughs> that are going to age very well. Whereas the first one, I'm like, I don't really remember any scene in particular as being funny. But two problem with distinctly the- burned into my mind from the second one. I think the problem with the first one for me is I've seen it too much because like when it came out, like, I mean, I was in like the right crusp of an age to like think that movie was the greatest thing ever. And while I didn't necessarily think that, like I had a lot of friends who thought it was amazing and I quite liked it too. And so we just watched it a bunch and I've kind of like just gotten tired of it. So that's my opinion on the first one. But anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this. Uh, I'm going to give it a brokaw. What about you, Jimmy? I'll give it a Broca because I think the Deadpool movies are good. Nice. Nice. Um, more Marvel news, although not MCU news. This is actually completely different Marvel news. Uh, we've got some news on Venom 2 or whatever it's going to be called. Um, there was a rumored casting list that was uh, reported on by a couple of publications this week that included Tom Holland in the casting. Um, he wasn't very high on the list, apparently, and it seemed to be kind of... Uh, uh, based, I mean, like the when you bill it by importance or whatever, and so people think uh, he might be in it as like a cameo or something like that. Um, I mean, this was a big rumor in the first Venom movie, and so I mean, I don't really know if this holds any water or anything. Um, what do you think, Jimmy? 
I love if this movie just began. It's like Tom Holland swings. He's going to stop Venom and Venom just kills him. <laughs> just kills Spider-Man. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. I mean, I I think this, I mean, because that could work since we have like the Spider-Verse and stuff. And so, I mean, like Tom Holland could still be in the MCU, but that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Or you could, you know what you could do, Sony? You could just have the scene begin on the Death Star and you just mm-hmm. take Spider-Man and you throw him down the main shaft into the main reactor and then you could just, he's either dead or you could just save him for later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just bring, bring him, back. him back at any point. <laughs> he's just alive. <laughs> just bring him um, back for the last one. Jimmy, have you ever watched the YouTube channel High Top Films? I think I've heard of it. Okay, so they I just recently watched a video of theirs that they they made when the first Venom movie came out and he like talked about how he would have like how Venom 2 should like go. Uh, he like I mean he like had a whole like concept and idea and everything and he had it very well thought out. I kind of want to send you a link to it later and it's very very good. Like if they had if I mean, obviously they won't take it because it's some guy on a YouTube channel. But if that's what they did with Venom 2, the first one would be infinitely better. <laughs> like in context, it's really good. But anyway, I, I'm recommending that to anyone who's listening. Go check out that video. Um, anyway, uh, any more thoughts on that, Jimmy? I like Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Uh, I guess that is a broke Okay, yeah. I'll if give they it a broke if he's in it. Yeah, if if they kill him. Only if they <laughs> kill him. Verge around if they don't. <laughs> nice. Uh, the final bit of news. Um, this was kind of surprising that we actually heard anything at all about this. But in the last week, it was confirmed that a new New Mutants trailer will be dropping in January, uh, according to the director, which is confirming that it's actually coming in its April, uh, or at least sometime in 2020, uh, release date. Um However, we still don't know if it's going to be theatrical or on Disney+. Plus. So, yeah, I guess we're actually getting the new Mutants, even though everyone was not sure about it. What do you think about that, Jimmy? Yeah, by the time they reshoot this and it comes out, it'll be old Mutants, huh? <laughs> it sure is. I, I mean, like... I don't care, and I'm not going to watch it. And please first, don't make me watch it. Did you ever watch the trailer for it? No, I all I know is... Uh, What's her name? Ari Macy Williams is in it. Yeah. Arya Stark. Right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first trailer came out in October of 2017. Like that's how long ago. That, that's over two years ago that it came out, and I can't. I couldn't believe that. But then I remembered. Yeah, I guess it was uh, my freshman year of college that uh-huh. it came out. Dude, that was before I was born. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's ancient. <laughs> Jesus. Um, this but is a, I mean, I'm, this is a bombadol. I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give, I'm going to give it a brokaw cause I'm excited that they're just, they're coming out with it. The, uh, the screenings that they've had, um, re- apparently they've had some recent screenings of it and it's apparently like pretty good. Um, and it's a lot more akin to the original vision than the original cut was because the, um, the director like aimed this aimed for this to be like a like pretty much a horror movie more than a uh, a, a superhero movie, and apparently that's what the current cut that will probably be released is like. So I'm kind of excited to see what that's like. Um, I'm just excited we're getting it, and they're not canning it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a brokaw though. 
Anyway, good for you, Olden. <laughs> we agree to disagree. Uh, that's it for Tom's. Uh, now we're gonna go on to our review of the Mandalorian series. No, not series. Season finale, episode eight, the Redemption. I think is what it's called. Or reckoning. Episode episode eight, the Last Jedi. That one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Holden, this is obviously spoilers. Yeah, what uh, are you doing if you ain't seen the other episodes yet? Get out of yeah. here. Go even, get like, Robert Allen Iger. You can listen to it, I guess, if you want. Cause, <laughs> what? Get Robin Allen Iger and Mickey Mouse, his money, and then just go watch it. Yeah, that's what do I that. say. Um, yeah, this... So... Yeah, we're going to spoil the heck out of this. Jimmy, what do you want to start on with this episode? Um, so I think my overall feelings for this episode is I kind of I like everything that happens in this episode. I think the way it is put together feels a little clunky to me. It doesn't seem like it flows super well. But um I guess starting I mean I but that's like my biggest complaint with the whole episode. I think sure. it's quite good. Um, I think it's one of the better episodes of the season. Uh, I liked the beginning with the uh, stormtroopers, the scout. Uh, yeah, on that scout was very bikes. good. You could tell very, Taika Waititi directed it. Yeah, very Taika Waititi. I like how they couldn't hit the can <laughs> thing that they were shooting at. Yeah. The, <laughs> that was whatever. really funny. I was yeah. I I watched this final episode. My my mom and my uh, youngest brother were in the room, and we were we were having a hoot at that bit. We were also just very sad when uh, they were hitting Baby Yoda. Yeah, that was cruel. I was very. What if sad. they just Appar- killed him? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that the one that was kept hitting him is played by Jason Sudeikis, oh. um, famous comedy actor and SNL alum, uh, Jason Sudeikis. So. A lot. There's a lot. Of, there was actually a tweet that came out from the Second City uh, comedy group because um, he's an alum of that group, and apparently Second City is like we do not condone the actions of our former alum Jason Sudeikis in the newest episode of The Mandalorian <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. And I thought that was very funny. Um. So that's a good start. I like that scene. Uh. Then we have IG Eleven coming in. Yeah. Save the day. Played by Taika Waititi himself. Yeah, um, uh, I like how he goes full Detroit murder machine mode. Again. Yeah, just starts wasting stormtroopers. Well, so when he starts writing in, like I was like, why are you bringing Baby Yoda with you? That's what I was wondering. Because I, if they, if like the um the stormtroopers or uh, Moff Gideon had captured baby Yoda again, I would have been like upset because that's, I mean that if IG 11, had just left him behind. That probably wouldn't have happened, but it doesn't happen. So whatever, I guess. Um, one thing that I like noticed is that when the stormtroopers are hit, I thought usually like the bullet, the laser like goes through their armor, but I think, it, I think that's like kind of the precedent, but like in this there, it doesn't, and I'm like, is are they just saving money reusing the the same armor over and over? <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, or maybe I'm just crazy and they don't usually the blaster bullets don't go through. I don't them. think they usually do. 
they don't i thought they did i don't know i mean i could be wrong uh i guess i don't pay that close attention to it but i mean this didn't really seem like that much different than the than any other times they get shot um they're stuck in the can i don't know cantina bar guild yeah thing where the bounty hunters normally are they're trapped trying to get through the sewers that Mm -hmm. aren't really sewers yeah. Was there any sewage? There was lava. <laughs> yeah, there was. <laughs> Why was there lava? I don't know. Um Yeah, and um, I think the action in this is really good. Yeah, I okay, I mean I guess I didn't give my overall opinion at the beginning. I actually really, really liked this episode. This may have been my favorite or one of my favorites. Um it's up there. I don't I don't really have any problems with it, but I mean that the action is uh, probably the biggest draw for me because I think it's just very, it's very exciting. I don't even really know like what to say about it because it's it's just very you, you need to see it. You got some good, some good shooting, some good uh some good hand to hand stuff when when the Mandalorian person is fighting in the sewer. The Mandalorian person, the oh the blacksmith yeah the blacksmith i uh, did she, not like, i thought throws that the stormtrooper i thought that scene what? was i thought that scene was very awkward and not like that scene but like seeing it at that moment in the episode seemed very clunky to me and i think that really threw off the pacing for me and kind of a, like again like i liked the scene but it seemed to like kind of halt the building momentum and I didn't think it was super necessary to see that. I she agree. And I, kind of, I agree. And I like it. It does have an awkward placement, which I noticed too, but I guess maybe it didn't throw it off too much for me. And like, I'm glad it was there in the episode because it was entertaining and I'm not really sure where it would have worked better. I know where it would have worked better in the extras on Disney plus under deleted scenes. No, no, Jimmy. <laughs> I was, it was a after fun watching, scene. The guy gets thrown scene. into the the melting thing, and it's cool. I liked that. I liked that quite <laughs> a bit. I liked the scene. It just did not work and hurt the pacing. And I think it. Sh- I I watched it and I finished the episode, and I was like, yeah, that scene definitely should have been cut out. Listen, it did not hurt the pacing that much, and Jimmy is wrong. So, uh, you guys should enjoy that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue that. <laughs> um, you were so okay. articulate. I'm yeah, intimidated. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I okay. So the, uh, I guess going back a little bit, that like minigun thing is that from something? Um, is it? I feel like they had those on like Hoth or something. Okay, I I, I did not recognize or, um, it, and they kept they were like made a big deal about it, and I'm like, it just kind of looks like a minigun. <laughs> So I, feel I wasn't like sure if that was from something else. In the Empire Strikes Back, when they're like flying away on the Millennium Falcon from Hoth, I feel like they set one of those up and they start shooting at the Millennium Falcon. But oh, I can't okay. remember. I, that so makes maybe. sense. I don't know. So, but I, yeah, that they were making a big deal of the minigun. Which I liked. It didn't need mm-hmm. to be a huge Death Star cannon that they were no. going to bring to 
blow up the the canty and I like I was just like a minigun. Yeah, I mean it felt like it felt very much. It, it, it continues on with like the the sense of the Mandalorian sense of just kind of like almost low stakes. I mean it's it's high stakes for the characters, but a lot lower stakes than like the rest of the movies and stuff. Because I mean, like they make this big deal out out of this minigun, like it's this ultimate weapon, but it's just a minigun. So, yeah, yeah, and I and I like how they did that in the fourth episode, even though that's not my favorite one with the ATST as like there's mm-hmm. this terrifying thing, which can kind of be relegated to the background in other ways. Yeah, in other yeah, for sure movies and stuff. Um, um what do you think of the face reveal? I was like, yep, it's Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't like disappointed or like overly excited. I was, I mean, because, I mean, I was wondering if like his face was scarred at all, but no, it's literally just him. So <laughs> it's just his crushed skull from Game <laughs> of Thrones. <laughs> you only see it, his face is only there in the one shot. So yeah. Yeah. That was, was it. Cool. That's all he's, that's all the acting he did. <laughs> the rest of it was someone else and voiceovers yeah exactly i mean yeah i i i think like the acting that he and his stunt doubles and stuff have done with the helmet and stuff on has been really good so really good yeah yeah so i mean i i can't complain that we we've only seen his face this one time the person who plays baby yoda is excellent yeah <laughs> the voice that, better be nominated for an emmy this year that's all i'm saying <laughs> um uh then we have the escape in the lava with the r2d2 with a with legs that was <laughs> that was kind of disturbing <laughs> that was creepy <laughs> it's it was like very unnerving because like when he got out of the rubble and stood up i'm just like oh my god <laughs> Kind of me. I think it remind my, it reminded me of like the river sticks and like the underworld from like Greek mythology, you know. Oh, very that much person, so. Like, yeah, I I got that vibe too. Um, my my youngest brother he actually watched this episode twice, once with my dad and once with me. And he apparently the first time we watched it with my dad, he like he was like he was very very audibly creeped out by it. <laughs> And it is. It's creepy, but I mean, it's kind of cool. It's it's a different use of an R2 unit than we've seen before. Yeah. Um and then IG11, he he uh explains to um the Mandalorian that he's not a living being, so he can save him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Baby Yoda uses the force to blow up the flamethrower guy. That was great. That was awesome. A little a little predictable, but it also solves like the why didn't baby yoda just healed the mandalorian because then he true, was like all true. tuckered out um so that's what i th- thought was going to happen at first i'm like all right baby yoda step up to the plate but then the <laughs> flamethrower guy came in which i liked his armor how it was like different and i just like uh again like making something relatively small in the star wars universe seem really lethal yeah in very a, threatening in a very contained That's, I mean, story. I, yeah. It's something the show has done so well, and I really hope that future Star Wars media does it well as, as 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 good as this does. 
I mean, they could have had a thousand Star Destroyers with each with the Death Star <laughs> laser on them. Yeah, really disappointed they didn't pull that one. <laughs> to make you feel the stakes. <laughs> but um, so anyway, they're on the lava. They're floating on the river sticks practically. <laughs> um, and they, they're coming out. And IG-11's like, oh, we're screwed. I got to take one for the team here. And then it's very Terminator 2. He steps in the lava. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally, he stepped in the lava and I just went to, I like thought to myself, I was like, yeah, it is very much like that. And I, I appreciate that they like kind of exp- like, because it almost seemed like an unnecessary move, but like they explained pretty well why he needed to do it. Yeah. And I'm glad that they took the time to do they that would have been because they could have just been like, oh, you guys aren't going to make it. And um, my one thing with it is that I wish, I mean, I feel like they really built him up and then you only kind of got to see him for like an episode and a half as what they, uh, as what, uh, like the good version of him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he was like, Killing him off, it worked. His storyline worked. His little character arc worked in this story. But, like, selfishly, I think he was such a solid character that I would have liked to have seen him in well, another th- season. And then maybe I, had this sacrifice at the end of next season. I think this I, I think this character does good for the series because it builds, it builds on uh, the Mandalorian's trust uh, in droids. And also introduces the concept of like these types of droids being able to reprogrammed for other uses and stuff, which maybe you know could be used in future seasons uh, to more extent. So I don't know. I'm I I thought I was okay with it personally. I just think it it you already closed the Nick Nolte loop then, which is I don't know. It, again, it seems like the you built they keep building things up and they kind of just close them quickly. Which I'm like, okay, are they... I want to see, like, cross-seasonal building, which I think there certainly is. Yeah. But some of the some of the characters and the, the team, I don't know how much that is. Because very much at the end of the episode, they're like, well, good luck, Mando. We're just going to chill here. Yeah. Are I'm they going to sure be back for be next back. season? I don't know. They kind of left it as maybe they won't be. I think they like, will be. I think so too, but they didn't, it wasn't like, we're going to go with you to help you save the kid, you know, protect the kid. True. Did we ever find out who was on Tatooine that helped that no, bounty hunter No, I thought about lady? that too. I, I was I was thinking about that after the episode ended. No, we didn't figure that out. Wow. Saving sure Boba Fett for later. next season, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, so so for plot threads that we still got going, we... (laughs) (laughs) God. They recruit recruit them to to work on the the Star Destroyers. God. Um, Yeah, so for plot threads that we've still got going, we have that... Gideon. He's Moff got a Gideon's dark still saber. alive, and now we have to find Baby Yoda's parent, or like, they're like their planet, whatever. The planet where the yeah. Yodas are from. 
Yeah. Um, do you think they will? Do you think they'll find he's like the last of his kind and the Mandalorian's like the last of his kind? Wow. I I hope not. Symmetry. No, I hope I hope there's more of them because that's such a tired trope. I don't want him to be the last of his kind. Maybe he could be special. I don't know. Um, but I'm I'm excited for more Moff Gideon, especially with that dark saber we saw at the end. Oh yeah, Pretty probably excited should've... for that. He's probably heavily concussed. <laughs> he definitely is. That whole, that whole thing, multiple he... bones broken, and should probably be dead. That whole thing where the Mandalorian uses his jetpack and is on the Tie Fighter, I thought that was really fun. That was cool. That was a pretty awesome scene. Um, so I guess for those of you who don't know, I found this out since, but the significance of the dark saber is it was, um, it was used by the first Mandalorian that w- was a Force user. Or at oh, least I didn't a, know that. A Jedi, yeah. So apparently the Darksaber, I think there's only one, at least, that we know of in the Star Wars universe, and it was used by the only uh, Mandalorian Jedi. Wow. So the implication is is that Moff Gideon may have killed him or at least captured him uh, in the Purge, maybe. Um, what if Moff Gideon is him? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't I I think... He may be a character or at least mentioned in Clone Wars. I think that's how people know that. But I have never seen Clone Wars, so wouldn't know. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it'd be cool if the Mandalorian gets, you know, off smock Gideon or gets him in jail or whatever, and then he wields the Darksaber himself, you know what I'm saying? That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty badass. Yeah. Especially since it doesn't, like... If it is supposed to be like a lightsaber, it doesn't look like one. It looks like a sword. Like it's a, a dark saber. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. The opposite <laughs> of a lightsaber. Yeah, but it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't look like just a, a lightsaber, but black. It looks like like a katana that's black. Yeah, which is kind of cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anything else, Dad? Yeah, one more thing I wanted to ask you. Okay, in the flashback, is that Django Fett? No, I think it's just a... I thought it might be for a second, but I'm like, that doesn't make it, any sense. I don't. Okay, it looked a lot like Django Fett, and I agree. Well, they were all like that, weren't they? I don't know. I mean, I um, doubt it is. I haven't seen much like about that online, so I doubt it is if people aren't talking about it. But that was my I, knee-jerk reaction when i saw it i'm glad i'm glad you brought up that scene too um because i didn't i didn't think it was necessary to draw it that whole scene out over the season um because i feel like it was you kind of knew that the mandalorians would come and save him mm-hmm. anyway yeah i mean it, it was obvious i it and didn't they like bother me though no it didn't bother me too much but i was like it was supposed to be kind of it felt like it was supposed to be this big reveal and then it was just like, oh, you replayed the entire scene and it kind of plays yeah. out exactly how you were thinking. Yeah, we knew that from like the first or second episode anyway. So like whatever. Um, but again, like I didn't it wasn't like, oh, this is terrible. It felt more in place than the Mandalorian blacksmith beating up the stormtroopers. Sure, sure. All right. Holden, um, you got a score. 
Or are yeah, you going to say gonna anything I'm going to give else? this episode um, probably a 9 out of 10, I think. 9 out of 10, maybe a little bit higher. Um, it is certainly one of my favorite episodes of the season, if not my favorite. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 because I think this, like I did have some gripes with it, but like overall the strengths of this episode, the action, the heart, the comedy, I think it all works really well for the most part. And um, definitely great TV, well worth the watch. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to Mandalorian season two. It's certainly a better finale than Rise of Skywalker. Ouch. That hurt. (laughs) Now, on to our review of Togo. Togo Holden. This is our non-spoiler review. We will have spoilers. Check the time codes when we get to that. If you want to skip that in the description, as always, uh, Holden, this is the Willem Dafoe dog sled movie. It's Alaska. It's 1925. Yes. Kids are dying of pneumonia. No, it's diphtheria. Diphtheria. You like idiot. I said. <laughs> um, uh, kids are getting diphtheria. It's not looking good. It's like a town of looked like a couple thousand people. Yeah, or the town of Nome. Nome. Not not town of gnomes, but the gnome, town of no. Gnome. They're not the gnomes. Do not live there. The town <laughs> is named Gnome. Just to clarify, and it's not G N O M E. It's N O M E. This is vital information. I think it's N O E M actually, but <laughs> you know, no, that's Christy Noem, the governor of South Dakota. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, the town's name is Gnome, and kids are getting sick. They're gonna die. Mm-hmm. They got to get there, but there's medicine like uh, Anchorage. It's like 500 plus miles away. Mm-hmm. Air, it, but there's also the storm of a generation happening. It's a true story. Mm-hmm. They got to. And, so, and I, I right out of the gate, I just want to say this. Apparently it's pretty accurate. That's good. It's also like a revisionist history. Like, um, there's a surprising element of this movie that I will not like spoil, but like it kind of goes into like how the press at the time got this wrong Mm -hmm. and kind of had this alternative history that was inaccurate. And this is kind of correcting that, which is interesting. Um, so anyway, the weather's bad. They need to get over 500 miles away. The, the, they call it like the serum. It's kind of like captain America, yeah <laughs> but um um they can't fly an airplane because the weather's coming in there's only one way to do it it's gonna be super dangerous they decide to have um dog, dog sledders sled do it yeah and willem dafoe and his main dog togo who is 12 years old old for a dog mm-hmm. uh they are like well should we do it should we try to save these kids and you'll have to watch the movie to find out i to guess see if or just read the actual story <laughs> to find out. Um, so, Jimmy, what did you think of this movie overall? Uh, man, I think it's a, a solid movie overall. Um, uh, Willem Dafoe, of course, is great. Mm. <laughs> Willem Dafoe and dogs. It's really, how can you go wrong? <laughs> yeah, so 
so I also think this movie is pretty good. Um, and if you've seen the memes at all, the memes are true. He says good dog so much in this movie. <laughs> good dog. Good He's dog. Good dog. Literally, like, the f- first line in the movie is him saying good dog three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, to be fair, they are very good dogs. They are good dogs. I loved the dogs. Oh man, to- I think uh- if you... If you're a dog movie, you're gonna enjoy. If you're a dog, if, if you're, you're a dog, a dog person, <laughs> if, you're, Listen, if you're a dog for movie, all you Marley really and me's to- <laughs> and uh, old yellers listening out there, you guys should watch this. <laughs> if you're a dog movie, you'll really enjoy this person. Yeah, that's my quote of the year right there. <laughs> Good way to close out the year. <laughs> um, I think. If you're not a dog person, you probably won't enjoy this movie as much. Mm-hmm. I think it's still a solid movie. Um, I, it's somewhat predictable, somewhat unpredictable. I mean, I was not sure exactly how it was going to end. Yeah. Um, if you're wondering it, if you're going to cry, I cried like a I little cried baby. Too. <laughs> the, especially towards the end, I was like a faucet. We're not going to get into it right now, though. But yes. No, we're not going to get into it. Um, I was like, if you have a dog, you're just going to you're gonna relate to Willem Dafoe in this movie. That's all I got to say. This movie um, is... I, I was very surprised by it overall. Um, I think it was better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I figured it was fine, but this movie seems like better than Disney Plus original, I think. It's weird. I, it's well acted, mm-hmm. and well shot. At the same time, the effects aren't great. Yeah, like the there's a like to showcase the storm that's coming. They use a lot of sky replacement, and that does not look very real. <laughs> but but at the same time, this looks better than Call of the Wild. Yeah, like that well, movie's coming a, out. They in used theaters. an actual dog. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that movie is coming out in theaters, and it's, like, I mean, it's different story, but it's still an old man and a dog, and <laughs> this looks significantly better than that movie. <laughs> um, I There are a couple times where Willem Dafoe just kind of <laughs> motivates his dogs with, like, these <laughs> monologues, <Yeah>. or these <laughs> just motivational speeches. There's one that in particular one that I speech. love. That one motivational speech that if you've seen the movie, you probably know what we're talking about is hilarious. <laughs> In a it's good like, way. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of this movie is like Willem Dafoe just kind of yelling at nothing <laughs> in general <laughs> or at his dogs. And every time he does it, it's really funny. And also, like, whenever he, like, falls over and he, like, does his, ah, <laughs> I was laughing. <laughs> So, for those of you Bas- who don't know, Holden would like the movie about his life to star Willem Dafoe as yeah. Holden Sutter. Yeah. And well, I think one of, the, one of the things I enjoyed about this movie is Holden, or <laughs> Willem Dafoe wears, like, one of your beanie hats things, like, or whatever yeah. you call them. One of those... Tukes. What do you call Tuke hats. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is a sneak preview of the Holden Sutter <laughs> biopic. <laughs> yeah it's oh my god it, i mean 
uh, we're we're talking about it a lot, but yeah, Willem Dafoe he he shines in this movie. Um, I liked his wife. I thought his yeah, wife I was just was gonna really say good. she was pretty good. I feel like I've seen her in something. I feel like that too, but I like looked her up on IMDb and I didn't really recognize anything she was in. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I've just seen her in a trailer or something. <laughs> but um, I the dog. The, okay, the puppy that plays Togo when he's young is the cutest thing. <laughs> it's just a fluff ball. Oh, my God. Every time he would do anything in those flashback scenes, I was uh, I was melting. Yeah, so this movie explores this adventure they're on, and it also explores the past between Togo and Willem Dafoe's character. Um, and, and I... Th- uh, I think that really helped the movie overall and really helped you buy in to their relationship um, with everything they had gone through leading up to that point. I, okay, I, it's kind of one of my main problems with the movie is that I would have liked it, I, as much as I love non-linear storytelling, I think a linear story would have worked better here. I think, yeah, I think you could have started um, just from the when Togo was a puppy and then yeah. gone to the modern day. Like, at, at the beginning of the movie, like when they're like starting out on their adventure and whatever, uh, when Togo's 12 in 1925, I wasn't totally like sold on their relationship, especially since I had seen the trailer and I knew that like Willem Dafoe, like his character didn't like Togo right away. Um, that's, I feel like that. I'm going to bleep that. I feel like that's a spoiler. What? That he doesn't like the dog right away. That's like, that's like in a, it's in the trailer. Well, maybe you haven't seen the trailer, Holden. Fine. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I was. I'll just say they weren't totally. I wasn't totally sold on their relationship. I guess, um, because I hadn't really seen it progress as much as I love seeing a man and his dog working well together. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, they're a dog team, whatever. Um, and. I felt like the flashback scenes, as cute as they were, they kind of killed the pacing of some of it a little bit. And it almost seemed like it was like an editing choice more than a writing choice. Like maybe they just they filmed it with the intent of it being linear, but then they subsequently just edited it the way they did for the final release. I don't know. That was probably my biggest gripe with the movie was that whole bit. Um, I mean, I can understand it both ways. I don't think it's... I don't think it's significantly better better one way or another, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't too bothered by it, but I did wonder that. I was like, I wonder if they would have just told this linearly, linearly how that would have affected my viewing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you really want to add before we get into spoilers for this movie? I don't think so. I want to talk about some stuff and spoilers. Let's get to our ratings, though. Oh, God. I, like, had a burp there, kind of. You uh, going first, Holden? What? I'll go first. I'm mm, I'm kind of torn on what to give this movie, because... Uh, like, I really liked this movie, and I don't have a lot of gripes with it, but it, like, I don't know, it wasn't, like, fantastic to me. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm not way. really, I'm not really sure if I can like defend giving it. I I kind of want to give it like a seven point five, but I don't know 
if I can really, aside from the editing thing, I don't really know if I can defend that rating very well. Um, that's kind of where I'm in at. In terms of you, would it go higher or lower? Uh, of in terms of why I wouldn't go higher. Like, I don't know if I, if I can defend that reasoning very well. I'm um, going to give this, I'm going to give it an eight because yeah. of the, um, I would have probably, I was sitting kind of more towards a seven while I was watching it, but the emotional impact for me at the end, as someone who loves dogs and has a 12 year old dog myself, mm-hmm. so relatable. It's kind of, it is kind of about a dog getting older. Um, that's one of the things in it. Um, oh, the, the ending was very emotional for me. So mm-hmm. that, that for me, it's an eight out of 10. Sure. Yeah. It's a good movie. So go watch it. If you got Disney plus, it's the best Disney plus original movie right now. Although it doesn't have a lot of competition. So <laughs> it's better than lady and the tramp, huh? It is better than Lady and the Tramp, even though I think that movie is fine. So, there you go. I haven't seen Noel. Maybe Noel's great. <laughs> they should put that on the box when it they release a physical copy. <laughs> or that should be the description. It's the better ba- than Lady and the Tramp, which is fine. Maybe Noel is better. Says, I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it just says best best Disney Plus movie as of <laughs> December 2019. <laughs> Which is not saying a lot, but I guess nope. it's something. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get into spoilers, Jimmy. Spoiler time. Yeah. What do you want to mention first in spoilers? So the relationship, I like how I did not expect that Willem Dafoe and Togo were not going to be buddies at first. couple times. Mm-hmm. Though you wanted to just spoil all that in the non-spoiler. <laughs> I don't know if I have gone back and edited it at this point because we're still recording and I'm like, uh, do I want to go back and edit it or do I just leave it in? So You I don't seemed have to pretty adamant work. about it at the time. So, <laughs> But are people really going to care? Maybe not. I Probably don't know. Probably not. So I'll just leave it. <laughs> what do you anyway. want to say, Olden? Um, I guess I want to talk about the ending because it was so emotional. And that was probably I, my. F- it, it, oh man, it got me. So part I mean, the movie, it the dog didn't die, which I'm glad. It did, and I think didn't. that's he did. And he it did didn't. It. It, yeah, I'm glad that like it, they didn't show him like actually dying though, because I would have like I that's really cheap, and I think that's a really really easy way to get people to be emotional. Um, and also, I just hate seeing that. It's not even like enjoyably emotional for me. I just don't like seeing dogs die. Uh, obviously, I'm not a like I'm not a. Did you psychopath. think? It, did you think? Did you think he, Togo was not gonna make it? I don't know. I I don't think he was gonna die on the way, but I thought he was like they were gonna show him die at the end or something. Yeah, I thought um, at the, when I first put in the movie, uh, I watched it with my mom and then my brother's wife, mm-hmm. um, and they were like, "Oh, he's gonna die," and I'm like, "I bet he makes it in this one," just because you know I feel like, like you said, dying's kind of cheap, and I feel like they just wouldn't have. This movie looked too good for that. Um, yeah. 
But man, I was nervous. They kept building up to it and setting it up that he was going to die. So oh, I was getting really nervous. so nervous. I, it like, it kind of confused me. Oh, well, maybe this is part of the reason why I want to give it, uh, or I could have this as part of my reasoning for a lower score. I didn't really like, I didn't really buy that the dog was like dying. They kept telling us that, but like whenever like Togo was like running, he didn't really seem like he was tired that often. No, like maybe I would. I agree with that. I think they could have leaned a little bit more into that during yeah. the return journey, especially. Yeah, because like it was a lot of like telling and not showing. Because like all these characters were just like, "Oh, your dog's old. He's he's dying and stuff." But like, I feel like we didn't really get that sense from his actions. Yeah. Um, but like you said, the ending, um, the whole Willem Dafoe's line about dogs get under your skin but you know you have that one dog that's a great dog they're with you forever and he looks over and there's togo even though oh he's god. dead and, oh my gosh that I got just, me but i mean the thing i that like got me couldn't more... i like could not even open my eyes i was crying so hard <laughs> that got me but i mean the thing that got me more was him running after oh Willem my Defoe. gosh that that Did bit you... is what really got me i was like oh my god um <laughs> I was so I was so emotional and I was watching it with my dad and we both like we do, I don't think we were apparent to each other that we were crying we were very silent about it but we both weren't <laughs> oh my god I was just so the moment that Togo because I was like I don't I don't know why I was kind of trying not to get emotional with the movie mm-hmm. um, but like the moment that I like let my guard down was when they're back and uh togo's hurt you know healing and willem dafoe goes and lays on the ground next to him Mm -hmm. which is what i did with my dog like (sighs) in my old house for just years who's now 12 years old and i'm like that moment i was like oh my goodness now i cannot disassociate myself with this dog and their relationship and um you know I don't know if you've lost a pet, Holden. I have. Have you yet? Yeah. I, yeah, I have two. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it's the most devastating thing. And now with this dog that I have now, I'm just going to be, I like, I quit watching this after this movie ended. I was like, man, if I watch this movie after my dog Benny dies, I'm going to be just an emotional wreck, like more so than I am now because, oh, but Yeah. yeah, they, I I mean, it's hard for me to say if that if that bit was actually like good or if it was pandering or not, but it certainly hit me emotionally, so I can't complain about that. I think I think it's just like I feel like it would come across as pandering if you don't have a dog or haven't had Maybe, that relationship. Yeah. But I Maybe think if you had it you felt need to experience very, that connection. It felt very genuine to mm-hmm. me. Um so I guess aside from that emotional bit, which is probably my favorite part of the movie, uh, we've got some we've got some pretty harrowing action sequences in this movie. Yes, um, really got me stressed up. out. <laughs> my mom was freaking out, um, partially because so the way we lost my first dog, who was just three years old at the time, it was quite tragic. This was uh 11 and 11 and a half years ago now mm. so it's and 
is the reason we have our current dog, Benny. But um, uh, my dog, uh, original dog, drowned in water because of an ice chunk. She mm-hmm. she got away when my mom was running her and after chasing after these ducks and jumped in the this river during March when the when the river was thawing. Mm-hmm. And there were like these large ice chunks and she just, she tried to swim to the other side and she just didn't make it. And she went under and she, ne- she never came back up. Okay. Um, so that was devastating, uh, really devastating at, at the time. Um, so I think for her, especially since she was there, that was like, that part was really hard for her to watch mm-hmm. um, with the ice breaking and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like, crazy the the <laughs> second part is so the the first time they go on the ice is great because willem defoe is just, yeah. he's quoting henry v is what my dad said yeah it's, <laughs> i loved it <laughs> that was it was really funny it was like it was kind of weird at first and i wasn't super into it but i don't know he just like he like willem defoe is just so like <laughs> into it with his performance that i i i grew to love it I liked it from the get go, Holden. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, on the way back when they're like jumping from ice chunk to ice chunk and it's like all like going under behind them, I was like, oh my god. I mean, I'm sure that obviously that's pretty dramatized from what probably happened. Yeah. But I mean, I can't imagine that that ice held up completely when they actually went across the sound. I'm sure there was some, uh, some some not good bits in the in the real life story um i was surprised that all the dogs made it i thought maybe we'd lose about half the dogs in that Mm -hmm. part um and then it would be like all right togo it's like (laughs) it's like you me and like four other dogs we gotta get there um I mean, I'm glad that none of them died just because, I mean, I feel like it would have been harder to believe that they made it back because once you lose, whenever you lose a dog, you lose some, like, obviously some power and the, uh, the sled being pulled. So I think from that perspective, it's probably the better that they didn't lose any. Yeah. Or whatever's true, you know, Yeah. keep it, keep it uh, nonfiction, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want any sort of fiction elements in our movies. We gotta keep them one hundred percent real. Hundred percent real. Um, uh, but but then like even like the first big action bit where they're going down that hill. Oh my! Oh God. yeah, that's cr- that's freaky. Oh, I that that freaked me out. I think that's where the movie got me hooked. I was just like, oh my God. This movie is a, is a lot of just emotional reactions for me, and so I don't really know like what to say about them because I was just I'm just pretty much relaying how I felt in that moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it it showcased that the action was quite effective in this, and I was I was going into it, I thought that I was like, well, how you know how dangerous is it actually going to feel? And I think they conveyed it pretty well. Yeah, they definitely did. Um, speaking, we kind of alluded to it in the, the non-spoiler, but the spoiler of the, uh, how they Bolto, the dog of the other sled team, yeah. one that went up on average, like 31 miles or whatever the statistic was at the end, um, how that dog got kind of went down in history rather than Togo and how everybody outside of Alaska thought Bolto was the hero. Um, 
I liked that bit, you know, just being a, a history major. Mm-hmm. Um, my as myself, it's like you know people get it wrong and they're like, "This is what happened," but we're rectifying this. And Togo and uh, Willem Dafoe's character, Sepulkovic or Sepulcher, whatever the yeah, Norwegian whatever. guy, I can't remember. Uh, he, they're getting their their due. Um, the the real life guy looked like Willem Dafoe quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, that which was picture surprising. at the end of the movie, I was like, Jesus. <laughs> and really, the only reason I knew it wasn't like the actual person is because like Togo looked different. Yeah, like that. That was what like you mean it was it the dif- actual person. Yeah, the, the what made me know it was the actual person. Like Togo looked different in the picture, um, and I think I mean. A lot of that is just due to like dogs look different over time. And so Togo almost looked more like a wolf because <laughs> uh, yeah. that's how huskies used to be. Um, but well, yeah, the Willem Dafoe Cephala character or whatever. Yeah, I didn't realize that was like a, a breed too, that he had his whole line yeah. of things. Yeah, he that got was to be interesting. a father, Togo. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, a good boy. Um, Good yeah, boys I, all. That whole <laughs> that that re, that revisionist um history bit was interesting to me because I mean I had heard the name Balto before, um, and I guess when when they like mentioned the dog's name in the movie Balto, I was like, oh, that's just kind of funny. Like, I is it like that famous sled dog? And I didn't realize that that name and that story came from this. Um, but yeah, I mean it, if very very interesting uh assuming everything that in this movie is true then togo should be the one we're celebrating but yeah my mom was really mad at balto i'm like balto is probably a good dog too he just yeah nothing he could have done about it yeah balto i'm sure is good and probably a talented sled dog as well just unfortunately togo didn't get any uh notoriety um (laughs) Anything else to add? Holden I don't think Sutter. so. I just want to emphasize how cute those those little itty Togo moments are. Like when he escapes the house. His escape at antics. Oh, God. All oh. of them. He's so cute. He's just a fluff ball. Oh, my God. Can't get enough of him. Uh, but, yeah, I guess that's probably about it for me. Yeah, that's, that's about it's a it very it, it's. It's a movie that is better if you have an emotional connection to it. Because, I mean, I feel like we we didn't really review it from a standard review perspective just because we had so many, like, knee-jerk emotional reactions to it. But, um, yeah, if, if you like dogs, you'll like this movie, I'm sure. Well, I think you have to you have to review a movie on the merit of what it is. And I think it mm-hmm. is a movie for people who have an emotional attachment to dog or, That's or a certain fair. animal so i think it succeeded in what its aims were and i think you have to give it credit for that do i sure. think it was a perfect version of what it was going for no but i think it was a very solid movie yeah. that definitely hit the emotional points that were the main thing that it needed to hit it conveyed the dangerousness of it and the action was was um up to par so i or uh, uh, better than that so i think you have to give credit to the movie for that for a movie that we didn't know was coming out before a month ago pretty great yeah if i'd rather have it i'm trying to make a (laughs) 
I'd rather order that dine-in than Togo. What? <laughs> but we just I'd... said we like Togo. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, it's a good movie. Uh, yeah, good movie. Uh, now, Jimmy, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? I asked you. Yeah, I know I asked you, asked you but I want you to ask me. Oh, what I want are you, you to ask me? Because I usually <laughs> go first. <laughs> Maybe. What if I don't? Well, what are you gonna do? Going first, I don't you're know. gonna stammer for another thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Uh, that's what happened. We just cut thirty fine, minutes out. Fine, Holden. I will acquiesce to your wills. Ooh, to your nice will. Word. Yeah. Look that up in the dictionary, kids. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, well, Jimmy, uh, Christmas just happened. A good time for all uh, friends, family, and lots and lots of food. Um, so, you know, I've been doing that kind of stuff. I actually just had my last Christmas celebration yesterday. But you all don't want to hear about that. You all want to hear about what I got, I'm sure. You, you want to hear me flex on everyone, as the kids are saying, flex about my Christmas haul. Um, I actually, I, I had a, I got a lot of stuff I, I wanted and needed for uh, Christmas. Um, but I guess some of the uh, cooler things, um, I got several uh, PS4 games. Um, I previously mentioned that I had gotten Control. I played and beat that, uh, Platinum trophied it actually um, yesterday. I, I Platinum trophied it as of yesterday. A really, really good game. I absolutely loved it. Um, it is it. It's really, really good. And I like it. Only gets better like the more lore and stuff you read in it, and the more collectibles you get. It's just a very satisfying and good game to play. Um, really liked it. Um, but yesterday I got Jedi Fallen Order, um, and so I just started playing that. I'm not super far in it. I'm only on like the uh, second planet that you get to explore. Um, so I'm just kind of getting into that. I I spent like I spent a long time, Jimmy, trying to fight that Toad mini boss on the first planet. Oh yeah, you know that I that took me a long time to beat because I'm not very good at the game, <laughs> but I finally did it. Um, so that's that. Uh, I, I'm liking it so far though. And I, I actually haven't really experienced many glitches so far. I don't know if that's, be if like the EA's released any patches since or not. I've, I've encountered they a have. couple. Yeah. Okay. Respawn. Yeah. Has. I, I've only, yeah. Okay. I've only encountered like a couple. Um, but yeah, overall it's doing pretty well so far. What um, system are you playing it on? PS4. Yeah. I think yeah. the Xbox one, the base one is like the worst experience i've heard oh okay okay um so but besides those two games i also got uh crash team racing nitro fueled which is a Ooh, game nice. i really wanted because i like yeah i like kart racing games and i like the crash games and this was uh, i mean the original crash team racing was on the ps1 and was apparently really really good it was the last one that uh, naughty dog worked on before they uh, moved on so it's it it to is better good. things what oh yeah to, to better, better things. things uh i don't know about that no i mean it, uncharted is 
is fantastic, but we need Uncharted cart is all I'm saying. They've done like a <laughs> Last racing of Us game. Cart. They've done a, they've done a racing game after their trilogy of uh of Crash and Jack and Daxter. So now we're just waiting on Uncharted. Uh, that's all I'm. That's that's my request to you, Naughty Dog. But it's it's like very very difficult. This this Crash Team Racing. It's so hard. <laughs> I need to like. I don't know if I'll get super into it before I go back to school because this is something I need to sit down and actually get good at. But I am. I. It's like fun. I don't enjoy like being bad at it. But I don't know. I need to actually play it and then the other two games i got i haven't even touched yet are the resident evil 2 remake um and the have you heard of the game a plague tale innocence i have heard of the game a plague tale innocence yeah it's supposed to be really good and i wanted it and my brother got it for me so i i don't even think i have it yet i think it's in the mail um but yeah so i'll be playing that Uh, uh, it's a small developer i believe yeah right it is. I think small. it's. I think it is technically an indie game, but it's like a horror game based around um, the the plague. I mean, as as in the title, it takes place back then. I think in that time period in Europe, um, where that I mean those outbreaks were happening. But it has like a weird element to it, where like one of the main enemies are just like swarms of rats, like like unrealistic swarms of like these things are terrifying everything i've seen in like trailers and stuff and images it's like it it is they just like erupt from the ground i don't know if it's like a supernatural thing or what it is but it's it's pretty creepy i'm kind of excited to play it um and yeah beyond that i got some movies and stuff and i i guess the big movie i just went and saw we'll review it next week but I just saw Uncut Gems, Jimmy, last night. Because Jimmy didn't tell me until too late that we weren't doing it this week. So I'm going to... Why don't <laughs> you gonna... go back and listen to the recording and we, we had a definitive maybe decided at the end of the last week. Okay. Well, I I wanted to get it done last night because I wasn't sure. I wanted to watch it and I had time. So I went and watched it. And it is... I, it's real. It's good. It's really good. But I that movie is utter chaos, and I can't wait to hear what you think about it, Jimmy. That's the is, best way I can describe. It's the best way I can describe it is just it's very chaotic. Is Kevin uh, Garnett in it? Yes, he is. And he's he's good. Wow. He's good. He's good at basketball. Any- is he? I don't know anything about <laughs> basketball. Yeah. He used to play for the Timberwolves. Oh wow. He yeah. I mean he's he does good playing himself in, in uncut gems. Can't complain with that. He um, plays but himself yeah, in basketball. He does. <laughs> uh but I can't wait to talk about that um next week. Um but yeah, I I think that's pretty much it. Mostly been playing games over my break. What about you, Jimmy? What are you doing? Well, I've been spending time with friends and family holding. <laughs> not holding myself in, in a room with control yeah although i do have control as well and i like it and i'm sure we should review that when i finish it and we should also review jedi fallen order when you finish yeah it. i'm i'm hoping to have jedi fallen order finished by the time i come back to school so if i do that we can review both wow well, i probably will not have control done by then but <laughs> um we'll see it's control is not that long i think i i looked it up online i don't know how long it took me but like 
completionist runs only take like 16 hours i think oh okay never mind maybe i will have it done by then yeah well it seemed longer than that i mean i think i spent longer on it i don't know i think that's just like the median number and i don't know if people just like know where everything is and run through it but i don't know Um, but what were you saying jimmy i was saying i yeah i have interesting thoughts on that game so far there are things i really like about it the there are other things i'm like maybe they could have done this a little differently Mm -hmm. um but overall i enjoy it i like the gameplay a lot yeah Um, right and i saw that game informer also named it their game of the year in addition to ign nice so it's you can't just say it's an IGN thing. No. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of credit. There's a little bit of credibility behind it now, I guess. <laughs> um beyond that, the main thing I got for Christmas is a what we call a gimbal if you are into video. Uh it's basically a an electric um stabilizer for your camera. And it is awesome. It opens so many things I could not do in video making, in filmmaking before that I can do now. I've already thought of so many ideas. Holden, we gotta, we gotta make some stuff when you get back here. I want to make stuff. That'd be awesome. I already there's like I there's a short film that I have come up with in the past that I want to make sometime in the future. I don't know if I want to do that right away, but um, it's pretty much like ready to go. Uh, just in terms of coordinating things with other people who would want to do it. But so Mm -hmm. I'm excited for that. Um, so that's really got some Amazon gift cards, but, um, nice. Can't complain about those, but yeah. Uh, and trying to think if I watched anything, I saw the end of Harry Potter and the chamber of secrets on TV (laughs) and also cried. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when Why? Hagrid get when Hagrid gets released from Azkaban and he comes back and they're like, Hagrid, it's your back. And, like, and it's the John Williams music, Golden. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Oh, you should I watch the end John of it. Williams did the first three movies. Oh, it's the music is uh I forgot. Like I was surprised at how well that movie held up because you know, I haven't seen I haven't seen it for a while. And just like the mm. the direction and the editing and the, even the acting and the effects hold up surprisingly well from uh, for a movie from the early 2000s a kid's yeah. movie really um so yeah definitely worth the watch harry potter and the chamber of secrets <laughs> gives it our we're giving it our recommendation believe it or not harry potter's pretty good <laughs> and i of course i rewatched the scene master has presented dobby with a sock dobby is free all right, that's all I got this week. <laughs> yeah, I well, when you mentioned that, I Harry Potter is one of those things that I occasionally just have a real hankering to like rewatch all the movies. I haven't done it like that often, but I think about it a lot, so maybe I should do that soon. We just rewatch all the movies. Wow, Except that's not, a big commitment. Not not Fantastic Beasts though, because I don't care about those. So wow. Adios, pantalones. Wait, no. We need to talk about what we're doing next week. Next week, Uncut Gems. I don't think we're doing... Well, there's no more Mandalorian, so we won't do that. Um, Mandalorian, episode nine. <laughs> episode nine. <laughs> um, I the Rise think, of Skywalker. I think we should talk 
I think we should be cheesy and talk about our favorite movies of the year. Of the decade. No. <laughs> Jimmy, that's a lot of work. Five movies of the year, five movies of the decade. Hey, shouldn't be too hard. You have a letterbox account. Oh, God. Yeah, I do have that, don't I? Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We're going to do something like that. I think it'd be fun. It'd be kind of a fun way to redo how bad our first episode of the podcast was where we did a top 10 list <laughs> so we'll Hopefully see if we've come any distance from that first episode or not um yeah <laughs> and we'll do a top 10 anticipated movies at some point in here january is a slow month so i'm sure we'll have plenty of opportunities to get these things i want to get done done um yeah that's it for me uh social media and the links in the description and such Get on the social media and wish Holden Sutter happy birthday tomorrow. Oh, yeah, it's my birthday tomorrow. Thank you for reminding me, Jimmy. I'm surprised you remembered. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'll be 21. That's that's what (laughs) Facebook is for. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I remembered. (laughs) I'll be 21. So, uh, yeah, you'll be seeing me at those bars hopping around tomorrow night. Just kidding. I'll probably be a home alone drinking. Sad. (laughs) nah it'll be fun uh yeah Uh, and leave us your reviews like we've always said before five stars and recommend a movie if you want i had a dream uh this is quick before we we end i had a dream that like we got our first like three star review and i was really sad Leave us a three-star review to make Holden sad. Please don't. Don't let my dream, my bad dream come true. I mean, it's going to happen at some point, but <laughs> only if you think we deserve it, which we probably do. Uh, that's it, though. Say your thing, Jimmy. Adios, Bontolones. Bye. Love you.